0: We wanted to make the concept really simple, just like our brand, like simple, practical. How do you incorporate more, you know, healthy recipes into your diet that you're actually excited about that taste good, that aren't all these random ingredients, but that are still creative?
1: You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikaela Matthews Akome. So let's get started. All right. So you guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have two fellow podcasters in the guest chair today. Uh, Jessica Jones and Wendy Lopez are registered dietitian, nutritionists, certified diabetes educators, and co-founders of Food Heaven Made Easy at Food Heaven Show, if you want to check them out. A one-stop shop for delicious and nutritious living with over 145,000 followers from around the globe. Food Heaven started out as just a healthy cooking web series and has transitioned, transformed into a monthly nutrition podcast with a solid resource of simple, budget-friendly vegetarian recipes and evidence-based nutrition information. They also host the Food Heaven podcast, as I mentioned, which was named new and noteworthy by Apple Podcasts as soon as they came out the gate. And that podcast provides evidence-based Practical Nutrition Guidance Listeners Can Trust. I myself have been listening to it. I binge listened when I discovered that, and it's amazing. And now this dynamic duo also co-authored the 28-Day Plant-Powered Health Reboot in 2017, which is a mouth-watering cookbook that helps people upgrade their diet with delicious recipes. Through their platform, Wendy and Jess also work with national brands such as Quaker Oats, SunSweet, and more to develop plant-based recipes, and curated multimedia content. So today, I thought it would be awesome to talk to my fellow podcasters about making a business out of a career and life passion, and which in their case is nutrition. So welcome to the guest chair, Wendy and Jess.
0: Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have
1: you. So, okay, I just read your bios, but I'm interested to know a little bit more about each of you. So if you could each just share what each of you currently do full-time, if, it's still, if you're still working full-time, and how did you end up on the nutrition path?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I can go ahead and start. This is Jess talking. I work, um, so right now we work part-time with Food Heaven and then part-time, um, in our own jobs. For me personally, I work, um, in a primary care clinic and that just means that I kind of see, you know, people with all different types of health issues. So whether it's like disordered eating or eating disorder or, um, GI issues like IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome or acid reflux. I also see people with prediabetes or maybe diabetes or folks who may have cardiovascular disease and just general wellness because I have a lot of patients who just want to eat healthier, want to have a better relationship with food and want to include more plants into their diet. So I do that about two days per week. And then on the other two or three days per week, I work on our business, which is Food Heaven. And that's kind of like our more creative outlet where we try to, you know, bring. Bridge the gap between like nutrition science and practicality and help people, you know, make healthy eating fun and accessible and also culturally relevant. So it's kind of nice to have like my clinical hat on on some days where I kind of see patients one on one and I am able to help them, you know, transform their relationship with food and improve their health. And then the creative and business hat on the other days where we're kind of working with the brands and working um, with our community, um, you know, and helping people on a kind of large. Scale.
1: Got it. And what about you, Wendy?
2: Yeah, similar to Jess, I work most of the week on food heaven. And then a couple days out of the week, I work from home and I do, I help people with diabetes with medication management. And so it's called telehealth, where I'll speak to them over the phone just to make sure that. They understand everything they need to do with their medication, specifically with injectable diabetes medication. So it's nice because, again, I I, like Jess, I get to work with patients and still have that connection, which I think is important within nutrition. And then I get to create like I get to create content and do all the all the fun, creative stuff through Food Heaven.
1: So it's a nice balance. Okay, cool. Now, how did you guys meet and at what point did you decide to create Food Heaven?
0: Yeah, so we met, it feels like so long ago. Uh, it was, I don't know if you've ever heard of Malcolm X Grassroots Movement. <laughs> no, I haven't. But it's like an activist group, and we were there for a dinner. It was like a potluck dinner, and one of my friends were all members. I wasn't necessarily a member, but I would go to their events sometimes. And I, yeah, we, we went to this potluck and Wendy was there. And I don't remember us talking really that much because I was like super. Com- we were they were playing spoons and I'm like super competitive, so I was like <laughs> on the floor like jumping all over everything. <laughs> and so I and I remember Wendy was like up against the wall <laughs> and like not really playing. But um, we must, yeah, I think we could, we definitely connected there, and that's where we kind of talked about that I was going back to school to become a dietitian, and Wendy. Um, was still doing, I believe, like case management, right, Wendy? Like social work?
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> at the time. And so we kind of just, um, yeah. we. And then after that, she hit me up because she was like, oh, I think I want to maybe go back to school to become a dietitian, too. And so then we met up, I remember, at Brooklyn College. Um, I think it was Brooklyn College. And and yeah, ever since then, we've been friends. So that was like our first, our first meeting. I feel like that was, I don't know, like 2010, maybe 2009.
1: Wow. So, okay. So you were already doing the work and Wendy was, you know, starting to plan her, her next life career move. Now I understand you guys started out with the web series. So when did you actually sit down and say, Hey stranger, we're going to be friends and (laughs) we're going to start recording this content.
2: Yeah, so we started working, after we connected as friends, we started working together at a local farmer's market in the Bronx because I wanted to get more experience in nutrition and Jess was a nutrition educator for the Department of Health. And so we would provide nutrition workshops for the people in the community, teaching them how to use the fresh produce that was available at the farmer's market. And so in New York, the markets, they come to an end when when it gets cold. And we were like, oh, well, this kind of sucks because we're not going to be able to continue this. Like, how can we continue to provide this education maybe on a bigger platform? So it was very much a passion project. And what we did was we went away for, I believe it was a month. We went to Dominican Republic to stay with my parents. And we were like, okay, let's just brainstorm while we're away. Mostly we were just like vacationing and drinking. But then like-
0: <laughs> on the yes. Yes. We were really on the beach, like doing the audition, like 10 a day (laughs) yeah
2: we weren't doing yeah any work but like the last couple of days we were like oh wow you know we should really think about this and so we decided that we would start recording cooking and nutrition education videos in jessica's apartment so that's how that got started and initially we didn't even know about like youtube or about you know all these online platforms we just put it out on the local channel which was bcat it's like a brooklyn channel and we put out the videos on there. And, you know, our, a lot of our friends and family were like, well, we can't watch it because we don't live in Brooklyn. So why don't you put it out on YouTube? And we were like, oh, my God, we didn't even know that that was the thing. So we put it out eventually on YouTube. First, it was on Vimeo. And then it was on YouTube. And then it kind of organically grew from there.
1: Wow. I didn't even know that it didn't start on YouTube. So... When you first started out, right? What was that original goal? Like obviously the the farmers markets had ended, but did you have a long-term vision for the brand?
0: So, the short answer is no. We were really just trying to have fun, honestly. Looking back, <laughs> I would probably have done things differently and maybe kind of had a business plan to start because it took us a while to get on that business mindset and actually become a business. But yeah, we were just kind of winging it, playing it by ear. We're like, oh, this is cool, just going with whatever felt right at the moment. And I remember at that time I was in a community nutrition class, and our um, professor told us that we had to write a grant for some kind of like community project or program. And I wrote the grant for Food Heaven to do the the show on Brooklyn Public Access is kind of my project. And the teacher was like, oh my God, you totally should do this. This was around the same time we decided to start it um, and kind of wrote out like, okay, like what would the marketing be? What would you know, the costs that are involved be, how would we be impacting the community directly? Um, But beyond that, we, we didn't really have any plan. And I mean, I remember one year we were just like, okay, we are going to record a video every week and publish it every Monday for a year and just see what happens, but no (laughs) real like concrete anything, (laughs) um, which I would not recommend at all because it it took us a little bit longer to kind of become a business and become profitable. But Mm -hmm. I think we definitely learned a lot during that time that is invaluable. And so, yeah, honestly, sometimes it's better if you kind of have that, those like, that time or those growing pains, I would say, or those lessons before you're actually like working with brands or or, having a legit business because it can go real right or it can go real wrong. (laughs) Right,
1: right. But one thing you did say that I think is so important is you set a timeline as far as, you set a long-term goal. So sometimes people start out and if you don't set that, I'm gonna do this for a year, no matter what happens, let me just do it for a year. That commitment will will make it start to become a part of your life, even if you don't know where it's leading or how the hell to monetize. Exactly. And it also fluctuated.
2: Like, you know, we
1: would hit
2: that one year goal and we were like, okay, well let's shift. Like maybe once a week was a little bit too much. So maybe we should do it like once every other week. And we're always shifting and adjusting based on what's happening and all of the things that we have going on. So I think it's important to be flexible too, but yeah, have those long term
1: goals in place. And at what stage did you Build out a website. So you know, we we just touched on the cat, the videos, moving them onto YouTube. When did this start to take the shape of what it is today? Because when I go to Food Heaven Made Easy, it's so beautiful. Everything looks so sleek. Ah, When Wait, did that come? <laughs> come together? Yeah.
0: Okay. So in the beginning, we did the basic little like WordPress, like Food Heaven Made Easy dot WordPress kind of vibe, where it was literally just like a blog, and we had one of our friends. Um, she's an amazing like designer, Stephanie Matthews. She's kind of more like a graphic artist, illustrator, um, textile person. So she did a little header for us. It was really cool and unique. Um, and and we had that for a couple years. And then and after that, we were like, okay. Maybe we should include more branding and like actually get... She did our initial logo, but we're like, okay, we should update our logo. We should actually have some maybe photos of us on our website as well, just for um, branding purposes. So that's when we hit up. Crystal Rowery, who you've had on your show as well. We love Crystal. She's amazing. Like her work is literally- Oh my gosh. I should have known I was looking at a Crystal site. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, so she's done two versions of our site. Okay. She hasn't okay. done the most updated version, oh, okay, okay, um, okay. but the, the both of the ones that she did like mm-hmm. literally were amazing. So yeah, we've through throughout the years we've gone through, you know, every, you know, every couple of years, just like the landscape changes and like Mm -hmm. what is in and what looks good, it changes. And so it's nice to kind of update it you know, periodically and maybe take new photos and, you know, whatever your, the new programs or offerings are like, have those featured on the website. But yeah, at first it was a blog. And then, cause I know sometimes people just starting out like, Oh, I need all this money to like do these right. like, photo shoots and have, you know, exactly. When were you able
1: to invest? Like, did you start doing some programs, make some money and then upgrade? Talk us through that process.
2: Yeah, we definitely, we, we wanted to make sure that we were bringing in money before we were just like dishing out all of this money that we didn't yeah. have. Um, so we kind of just put it together on our own. And that's why I think like not everything has to be perfect, especially when you're starting out and we were really just meeting the demand. Cause when we were putting out the videos, people were like, Oh, well, can we actually like see the recipes on a platform versus watching the video? Like they thought it would be useful to have it organized on a blog or on some kind of website. So we responded to that demand and we were like, okay, well let's build like a really simple WordPress site. Um but it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I mean, I think once we started bringing money in, that's when we started contracting people to re- and we always change it. I mean, I think we we've updated our website four times or five times total, yeah. but every couple of years we're like, okay, well let's let's freshen it up a little bit,
0: you know. Yeah, it just to add to that with the, um, the money piece. So how we did it. Cause when we first started out, we were students and yes, we had jobs as students, but like we were broke. So we didn't have the money, but after I think maybe two or three years, um, Wendy had the idea of like, Oh, well, let's, let's sell shirts. So I think the idea came from, I don't know if you know, the shirt, I think the original one was like the Beatles. It was like Brinko, John. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like and it's black and it's in Helvetica white. And so she was like, we should do kale and spinach and collars and tart. And then we're like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. So we came up with a couple of different shirt ideas and we we started, you know, to get an email list and we launched these shirts on email and social media. And we had, you know, a lot of people, buy them, enough people buy them where we had money to kind of reinvest in the business. Even if it was just like a couple thousand dollars, like that was way more than, you know, what we would be able to come up with our own at the time. Yes. So that's kind of how it started was like, we, we had um, shirts and I think tote bags and, tote bags and tank tops. Um, and we would just like get these big shipments and <laughs> be in our uh, houses and like shipping all these shirts. Out <laughs> and, and the post office was getting they were super tight with me because I would hold up the line so much. That was before we were doing it with, um, like the autumn, the automated system online. Okay. Actually, like I actually went up and I was like, okay, I'm mailing 50 packages. And they were just like, okay, this is not, you know, (laughs) so that was, we would do that. And then we did digital. So after that, then we reinvested and we created some digital um, downloads online and then we Mm -hmm. launched those. And then after that we kind of reinvested, um, and created courses. And then by that time we started to attract brands, um, who we partnered with. So,
1: so I like that you walk us through that timeline of, you know, grinding for the first few years, creating content, even when you weren't making money and setting up a simple website, but then deciding, okay, let's test out e-commerce and with the money that you receive from that, immediately investing it back into the business. Did you have any hopes of, okay, we need to make this profitable, we need to make this pay us at that point, or was it just like, we wanna keep on building out the brand, so let's make money so we can invest it back into the brand?
2: Yeah, it was a slow progression because honestly, like we didn't even know that there was money to be made. Yeah, (laughs) like like, how
0: do people make money online?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we honestly did not even know. Our friend Fran um, from Hey Fran Hey, she was the one that like really introduced us to that whole world of monetization. But we didn't know about like brand partnerships. Like we just literally started it off of a passion that we had for nutrition education. Um, And so it was a very slow progression where through talking with our peers um, and with other people in the online space, we, we found out about sponsored content and about sponsored videos and about how to monetize your brand. Um, and it's something that we're still learning about. Definitely now we're, we're like, we have our feet, more wet than before, but it's—I mean—there's just so much information, and it's always changing since we are in the online space. So we're always, you know, just like researching and talking to people um, to find out like how are people making, how are people yes. making money with their brand, you know? Yeah,
1: and you know the reasons. The reason I wanted to have you both in the guest chair is because, um, first of all, I came across your content organically, like back in the day, but really started binging on the podcast after I had a tele-session, actually, with a nutritionist who was like, you need to listen to this. (laughs) Okay. And it made me realize how important it is for us to have this information about, you know, what a really nutritious meal looks like, what a really balanced lifestyle looks like. So we're not so hyper focused on dieting, especially in our community where I feel like it can be the extreme. Like we're either really unhealthy or we feel like we have to be super extreme. So one, I just wanted to raise more awareness of this content. I mean, you're already doing an awesome job, but just share something with the side hustle audience that I absolutely love. But then also, Talk about that whole piece of turning your passion, the business of food, in your case, the business of nutrition into a business. Because just because you have a mission-based business and you are helping people out of your genuine passion for this cause, doesn't mean you can't monetize it, right? It doesn't mean that you shouldn't get paid for your knowledge.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I feel like, a lot of folks, um, you know, they, they don't realize that, you know, we are a business and yeah, like if to create content, it's like, we need to have money. Right. It's like just to like survive. And we both live on in the most expensive cities, um, in the country, like in San Francisco or in the Bay area and then in New York. And so it's like, Yes, like our passion is helping people, you know, eat healthy and you're right, especially within our community, it's like, yeah, people are either like they can be completely like too strict And just like cutting out food groups and feeling like eating healthy is just eating a plate of steamed broccoli right? or or they're not as balanced and maybe, you know, not cooking at home as much, or maybe not listening to like their hunger and fullness cues and and eating in a balanced way. So there is definitely a need and there was definitely a need at the time because we were just like looking around. We're like, wait a minute, why is there no, you know, people have color or especially like black women in the nutrition space, like specifically in the dietitian space. And there are like, I, yeah, there are a couple, like I definitely don't want to act like we're the first ones because there was mm-hmm. definitely some people before us, but there, are, it, there aren't that many. And even like I was a journalist before I was a dietitian. I remember I was writing an article on how to throw a nutrition party. Um, <laughs> yeah, for Clutch Magazine. And I was, you know, it's a, it was a black like online. Oh, magazine.
1: Clutch. Yes, I remember I clutch. know Clutch. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I was like looking for a black dietitian. And literally there was only one who was coming up. And she, now that I know the nutrition world, like she is, one of the biggest like black, like dietitians out there and black dietitian out there. And she was the one who like kept coming up over and over and over again. And I'm like, dang, you got to be the biggest dietitian, you know, like out there, especially within like the diabetes space to be visible at all, Mm -hmm. you know, as a black woman that sucks. Um, so yeah, I think that there was definitely a a need and a, a niche that we felt like, okay, yes, we can do good and help people. But at the same time, like, you know, working with brands who may be overlooking our community or overlooking like our niche, like it's a good opportunity to help the brands that we believe in connect with our audience um, and also help us monetize our platforms so so that we can like do the podcasts, do the retreats, do all the digital programming, you know, Mm -hmm. do all the recipes, like, because you know, we got to make money so we can like eat ourselves too. So yeah, it's like finding that balance and having people realize like, right, okay, girl, like I can't, you know, answer, do a free nutrition session on email. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, first of all, it's unethical because I don't know your history, but second of all, it's like, that's an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. So just thinking about it like that.
1: Now, speaking of that, can you tell us more about what the, the whole brand of Food Heaven entails today? Like, what are your services? What are your products? What can people look to Food Heaven for?
2: So we have a podcast just like you, and it's called the Food Heaven Podcast. And we interview different experts within the field of health and nutrition. And so that's nice because we're able to monetize with sponsors. Um and then we create sponsored content. We, we work as spokespeople, as brand ambassadors for different wellness brands, food brands, nutrition brands. Um, currently, we're spokespeople for the Blueberry Council, for the Almond Board, and also for Quaker. Um, so we work with different brands throughout the year. We develop recipes, which is really fun. We do live events. We write content. Um, so that's a huge part of it as well. And then we 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 have programs that we offer too that we develop ourselves. So we have a Food Heaven Academy, and that's basically a go-to space for all of our online programs that we offer. So right now we have an accountability program, which members sign up. It's a subscription service, so members sign up, and each month they receive exclusive content. They hop on the call with us once a month to help keep them accountable, ask us any nutrition questions that come up. and so that is, yeah, that's like for our online programming. I don't know. I, I don't think, I, am I missing
0: anything else, Jess? No, that's basically it. We, yeah. We, we've we done different kind of online programming in the past, but that is what we're focusing on now because we've done like courses that help people. One is called walk into wellness. It helps people kind of like an in-depth course, course to transform your health. We've done a meal planning challenge, but right now we're focusing on the accountability program. So um, that's a way that if people wanted to work with us one-on-one, that they would be, or not one-on-one, but work with us like closely or yeah, like when he said, um, do like monthly live coaching calls, people can get that one-on um, or that attention from us.
1: <laughs> so when you say um, things like brand ambassadorships, now are these brands that have approached you and is this beyond the sponsorship in your podcast or is this something where you are actually going to speak places on behalf of them in addition to creating the sponsored content?
0: Yeah. So for the brand ambassadorships, they I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the time they reach out to us, and usually it's it's through their PR company. So there's a couple now that we've been doing this for a few years where it's like okay, the kind of brands that we typically work with are usually. Um, Members of like that PR agency are represented by that PR um, company, and you know we will we'll come up with contracts. Usually, we only work with brands. Like I said, we really believe in, and most of the time, honestly, it's just like Whole Foods, like blueberries, almonds, oats, like things that are super simple that we eat if not on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, or we're really excited about. Um, and we'll come up with like kind of a long-term partnership outline. And so that might look like, you know, over 2018, um, let's just say like almonds, for example, which was like 2018 into 2019. So we'll create content around, um, around almonds or like they, they have like a world almond day coming up in February, which is kind of close to Valentine's day. So just like kind of creative stuff, like our favorite almond pairings, um, you know, so we'll kind of incorporate that into our, um, you know, whether it be like our videos or Instagram, um, stories or Instagram posts or blog posts. And, um, and sometimes we'll also work with the media on behalf of the brand. So as dietitians, that kind of gives us an advantage because we have those credentials and that background Mm. to be able to kind of, you know, represent like these brands in the nutrition science and kind of do like radio media tours or um, press tours to, you know, on behalf of the brand. So yeah, this is typically um, separate from the podcast advertising. And like I said, we usually like to work with maybe like a few brands a year on a long-term basis and things that we only, you know, would use or really believe in. Hey guys,
1: it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. No one ever told me when I started side hustling that I would need to be my own web designer, my own email marketing guru, my own social media manager, you name it. Luckily, I found Skillshare and now I'm able to learn all of these new skills every single day to help me in my business and to keep me on point. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators like me and you. It has over 25,000 classes in subjects like blogging, like social media marketing and advertising, web design, and now even podcasting. That's right. I recently created the How to Start Your Own Podcast course on Skillshare so you can learn all of my secrets, how to get started as a podcaster, plus so much more. And huge thanks to Skillshare for having a special offer just for Side Hustle Pro listeners. You can get two months of unlimited access to Skillshare for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. That's Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. One more time, that is Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. I remember when I first turn my side hustle into a business. It was no easy feat. It took a lot of commitment, working before and after work, and even on my lunch break. Bottom line, I always had something to do. So why not make things a little easier? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive and keeps you way more organized than having your own little Excel spreadsheet or checking your bank account every minute. FreshBooks lets you create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get paid two times faster with automated online payments, plus file expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part? FreshBooks grows alongside your business. So you'll always have the tools you need when you need them. Without ever having to learn accounting. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Go to FreshBooks.com slash Side Hustle Pro and enter Side Hustle Pro in the How Did You Hear About us section to get started. Now When people ask you, because I I still struggle with this, so I'm curious how you guys deal with it. When people ask you these days, what do you do? How do you answer? I know that's a tricky question because it's
2: like, uh, I don't... <laughs> where do I begin? I do a lot of things. I I don't know. I, it's like I feel like it just always changes based on whatever's at the tip of my tongue. But I usually just say like I'm a registered dietitian, and that opens the door to like a million questions about nutrition just being stormed at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just say I'm a registered dietitian, and um, once we get into conversation, I talk about the creative work that I do. With nutrition and also the clinical side of it, Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a that's always like been such a weird question to me because it's like uh, I don't know. It's like people. um, I don't know how how to like really answer that in a concise way because I feel like I
1: just do so many things. I'm glad it's not just me.
0: (laughs) Right? Yeah, you're not alone.
1: (laughs) So I think the reason I ask is okay. You both mentioned that you are part time. So what? stage did you go part-time and is it because of food heaven like do you consider this more than a side hustle and a full-time business at this point Tell us more about that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So honestly, the reason we had to go part-time was because it was just too much work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It just got to that point where it was like, okay, we're doing the most and we have to practice what we preach with self-care. And I mean, I know me personally, I was running myself into the ground because I was working full-time. I I don't know what I was thinking. I also had a private practice like on weekends because I was seeing patients all day from like eight to five. Then on weekends I would see patients like, um, I had an office in Berkeley from like nine to five and then we were doing food heaven. And at that point it was, um, it was profitable and we had, you know, these different contracts, all the things that I'm mentioning. And that was kind of like at night or in the morning or on my lunch break, I would be like meeting with brands and stuff. So it was like, it just got to a point where like, this is, this is crazy. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, I want to, Uh, go part-time. So we have more time to dedicate to the business and also just kind of see, you know, like what can happen if we have, you know, a little bit more hours and a little bit more balance. So that was really what, what started it. And you know, the reason why I think we still, like we mentioned in the beginning, we still like, it's hard because we still like the one-on-one interaction with people, because I think there's a lot of people out there, especially online, like whether it's coaches or dietitians or, you know, whatever it is who don't really work with people on a one-on-one basis who are kind of yeah. giving advice. And it's like, how do you know that that works? Or how do you know like what people are struggling with? Or how do you know that, um, you know, that, that these are the questions that people are, are asking or like wanting to know about. It? And I feel like if you don't have that experience, at least for some, you know, it's some time, um, then it, it makes it harder to really be at the pulse of what, what people find challenging. So it's, I think it's valuable in that way. And then, yeah, we also just like doing, um, the counseling as well. Cause yeah, we both just love talking about nutrition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, You give me a platform. I'll never shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, are on completely different
1: coasts. So, how do you come together to run this as a business? Do you meet quarterly in the same city? How do you make this work?
2: Yeah, it's funny because it doesn't feel like we're on different coasts because we see each other so often and we have this app. It's called Marco Polo. I don't know if you've heard of it, but. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a video chatting app. And so it's nice because you can catch up on your own time, like you leave video messages. And so we're literally on Marco Polo all day, just like talking about all of the things, whether it's like food heaven or just like (laughs) random life things. Um, So we do Marco Polo and it feels like we're, I mean, we talk like several times a day and then we meet weekly. And then Uh, because of the contracts that we have it does require a lot of travel Um, and also to record the podcast we we record it in a studio in LA and so every few months we have to go record the podcast anyway so yeah we see each other pretty consistently so it doesn't feel it's just tricky with the time zones because it's like you know sometimes I'm like oops like I showed up to the meeting at the wrong time because Jess is on the west coast time so (laughs) it can can get a little tricky in
0: that way but Mm -hmm. it's been pretty smooth yeah and the other thing is like i like even with the time zones i think we work the same hours <laughs> because i'm up at like six like working by seven and then but i want to be done by like four and i feel like wendy is like working like at 10 like we start i feel like around the same time and like finish around the same time because she's a little bit later in the day i'm a little bit earlier in the day so it kind of works out really well yeah because <laughs> it just it aligns with like our preferences.
1: I'm glad that you're able to make it work and you can show people that, hey, you can have business partners in different cities and make it work like you just both have to be committed. So thank you for sharing that. Now, let's get into the book a little bit. What was your inspiration for writing a book? And were you approached first by a publisher and then decided to write it? Or did you come up with that on your own and then go out and pitch
0: it? So with the book, for, for me personally, I have always like my dream was to write a book or be in Essence magazine. Like I said, I was originally a journalist. And so as a kid I'd just be like, you know, reading or like flipping through ebony or essence being like one day <laughs> like my dream is to like do that. So we got approached by the publisher. Um and they were just like oh you know like we want to talk to you guys about doing a cookbook deal. And so at first we're like oh my God wow this is so exciting. So we had a meeting with them and, you know, decided to move forward with them on the cookbook and, you know, wanted to make the concept, you know, a way that people, I mean, really simple, just like our brand, like simple, practical, how do you incorporate more, you know, healthy recipes into your diet that you're actually excited about that taste good, that aren't all these random ingredients, but that are still creative. Uh, so yeah, they had reached out to us about that and we ended up moving forward and, um, and yeah, and now we have the, book. And since then, we've been hit up by a a few other publishers, I would say like maybe four. Um, But I will say, writing a book is so much work that we've had to turn them down just because at this time, it's like, for the the, re- the reward that you get, well, obviously there's a the reward of like people buying the book and finding it helpful, but also, yeah. but there's also like, you got to make money for all the time you invest because you have to think of it. Like, I think this year of things is like, okay, if we say yes to this, what does that mean saying no to? So if you're going to do mm. a book, which is like countless hundreds and hundreds of hours, like, you're basically, I mean, it just depends unless your book is like New York time bestseller list. I mean, you're basically working kind of for minimum wage. Um, at least in our case, that's what it ended up being or working a lot of hours where you're not really getting paid. So it's like, you have to really think about that. But I do think a book helps to for sure elevate your brand and help a lot of people who, who might, you know, find the book helpful with whatever it is that your, your message is. Mm -hmm. But it's like,
1: it's a lot of work. Yeah. You
0: ain't going to get rich off a book. (laughs) Unless it's, like I said, like the New York Times bestseller.
1: Yes. And it's, and even some of those folks, you know, I know people who, uh, some former uh, Side House of Pro guests who uh, really financed their own tour, you know, and all, all their PR to make it a New York Times bestseller. So at the end of the day, it, it still was a brand building tool and not necessarily a, a money maker. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm glad you bring that up. Like how long in total did it take you and w- what was that whole process like? So they gave us like a pretty
2: tight timeline, which is not usual. Um, and so I believe it was six to eight
0: months. Is that right, Jess? But that was for the whole thing. To come for up with the recipes, thing. it was like two to three months to basically write everything. But six to eight months to like from, from concept to publish. Yeah. So it was pretty
2: tight. Yeah, it was okay. pretty tight. So we had to like just bust out all of these recipes. And especially with writing a cookbook, it's like, you know, cooking is so intimate and personal. And so you want it to be enjoyable when you're cooking and developing these recipes. And, you know, you want it to all come from a place of love. And for us, it was just a lot of stress. Like, yes, we put a lot of love and work into the recipes that we created, but we were under such tight deadlines that it was like we had to really push through it and i think like if we were to do it again we would definitely yeah we would definitely space it out just to make mm-hmm. the whole process more enjoyable because it was so stressful and
1: it was just like we were doing a million things at once okay and you know one of the things that i've always i i have no experience with this but i just always assumed about recipe books it's like how do you, you have to like go back for some of your favorite recipes and figure out the measurements. Because I know a lot of us who like we just have our favorites, we just at this point just can eyeball it. Right. So that's one of the things I always wondered, like, man, you really have to sit down and figure out that precise everything to put into this yeah that's why
0: it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work so I personally if I know I'm doing a recipe for food heaven or for a cookbook maybe the first time I'm just kind of like playing around with ideas um but then once I'm like really like serious about it I just have my laptop out and I kind of write as I go because if I don't do that then it would be like Wendy said it would have it would be a nightmare and like not even not enjoy enjoyable, it would be a nightmare because it's like, okay, what did I do? I don't remember. But if I'm just kind of doing it as I go, it's a little bit easier. But I also think it's important to have people to, to taste test the the recipe. So, um, I know for Wendy, like she had all of her friends and family. And like, for me, I would have like my mom, like there was one weekend, um, where I did a bunch of recipes and I had my mom, I did them at her house because at that time I was living in a 200 square foot studio with it like, a mini kitchen. So it was kind of hard to do all these recipes. Um But I went to my mom's house and I did a bunch and had her taste them. And she would give like honest feedback, like, oh, it's not sweet enough. Oh, it's not salty <laughs> enough. She has a really like, her palate is a little different. Um, or I would have my like now husband and then I think boyfriend or fiance, like he would test all the recipes and give me his honest feedback as well. So yeah, I think it's just kind of figuring out a process that really <laughs> it works for you, but it is a lot of work. Yes.
1: Now, let's get into monetization. So we touched on it a little bit. We talked about how, you know, some things are just for brand building. And as a fellow podcaster, I know for me coming into this uh, world, there's a lot I had to like dig and learn on my own and just through trial and error, (laughs) figuring things out. How did you tackle monetization and working with brands and figuring out what to charge? yeah that's a great question because I feel like
2: th- that is a very uncomfortable topic in this space, like how do you figure out what to charge? How do you adjust your rates once your brand starts growing um, and so i don 't think there's a clear cut answer for you know the whole monetization thing. We started off just talking to our peers and just trying to get an idea of what people were charging because we were literally like we just had. No idea whatsoever. And so that was our starting point, like just asking questions, reaching out to other dietitians um, to see what their rates were, talking to other influencers to see what their rates were. Um, And then once our brand started growing, I mean, in the beginning, we were charging pretty low rates because we wanted to build our portfolio as well. So it Mm -hmm. was, you know, it was the kind of thing where you take on work that might not be paying so much, but it helps you build your brand so that, you know, people can see that you're a trustworthy person, that you have experience working with other brands. And so, yeah, in the beginning we weren't making like all this money whatsoever, but as, as the time went by, with experience and also with our content getting better because, you know, we got better cameras, we learn how to work the camera better, we learn how to write better. Um, We have more years under our belt as nutrition experts and so we're able to use that to demand more from brands. Um, And so every year we adjust our rates. You know, we usually increase them every year. And I would say just as that starting point, it was just really important talking to people to figure out like what was going on because we could have charged like $10 not knowing like what the going rate was. Like we just,
1: (laughs) we really like,
2: yeah, Yeah. we just, I know, we, we literally had no idea. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's really important to create a community. We have a mastermind mm-hmm. um, with dietitians. I think it's five of us. And so we're all, we are all have like pretty similar platforms and um, and we all work kind of in this media space because dietitians, like our work is so expansive. Like there's dietitians doing clinical work mostly or doing, um, they're more mostly in the restaurant scene. So we connected with dietitians that were kind of in this world that we're in. And we we're always exchanging resources about all of this stuff about monetization about working with brands and that's yes. been really helpful.
0: I was gonna add that one thing that um, I try to think about is okay, so when you're looking at your pri- your prices, thinking about one the equipment involves, like Wendy mentioned. So for us, I think we spent at least like over ten thousand dollars on like all of our different equipment, and so that. That you know costs something when you're thinking of your price, you have to factor that in. The other thing you have to factor in is your expertise. So for us, it's like we might charge more than let's just say someone who does recipes online because we spent the time, the money, and invested in the um, you know, the pathway to become registered dietitian. So whatever we're saying, you know, we're we're charging. We're charging an extra premium to have that dietitian label on whatever we're representing. So that's another factor. Um, And you also have to factor in the amount of hours that it takes you to create content because I think sometimes, you know, people look at like, oh, three blog posts. That's not a big deal. But it's like, okay, you got to write the blog post. You got to think about the concept for like whatever it is that you're shooting. So let's just say you're doing like healthy travel snacks or whatever. You're going to have to think about the concept. You're going to have to like order props. You're going right. to have to test it out a couple times. You're going to have to shoot and then you're going to have to go back and do the brands. Um, you know, they're going to have revisions. And so thinking about like posting it on socials, like how much time does that actually take you and kind of between those Three things I feel like, oh, and then the, sorry, the last thing was your, your online platform. So if they are asking for you to post on your online platform, thinking about that too, like you spent time and money to grow that platform, right? So it's like, that's worth something too. And so obviously like the bigger your platform, the more that is worth. um, But taking those four things and factoring them into kind of like what your baseline price is, I think is really helpful.
1: Okay. I think that's helpful. And- Before we jump into the lightning round, I'd love to know if in juggling food heaven plus work plus life, was there ever a time when it felt like it was just too much and you even thought about quitting food heaven and and how did you push through that?
2: Hmm. I don't think I've, I've never thought about quitting Food Heaven because it's always, I mean, since we've started, I think initially, like I remember literally the first day that we, like the first video that we ever filmed, we just had like, this terrible day where the audio wasn't working and we had to reshoot everything again, and that was the only moment where I was like, I don't know that I want to do this because <laughs> we're gonna have to like literally spend another eight hours like creating uh. this video for a brand that we haven't even built. Um, that was the only time. But after that, I mean, it's it's been very enjoyable. It's a lot of hard work, but it's always enjoyable. It's always a priority, and so I've never felt like you know this is too much. It's time to I love food heaven so much. And I think Jess is pretty much on the same boat. With work though, and life, absolutely. I mean, I've juggled like full-time jobs, doing food heaven full-time and like, you know, family relationships. It's just like a lot. And in terms of like how I push through that, um, I, yeah, I don't, I yeah, I'm not a fan of like pushing myself to the point of exhaustion. I just like when I know that it's time to do away with something, I just do away with it. So I would do away, I've done away with a few part-time jobs. (laughs) Um, And that's why with the previous job that I had, I told them like, hey, can I do part-time? Because this is just becoming too much. And we're huge on self-care. And, you know, we don't want to like, be this whole wellness brand and get like, be those people that are getting two hours of sleep each night. Like that's not us whatsoever. We really value our health. And, um, and yeah, so just kind of like making those decisions and ultimately like I am not food heaven. I'm not my brand. I'm not my work. And and so I think just stepping back and distinguishing that is really important because I am my own person. I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself, that I'm doing things that I find enjoyable. And it's not just about like, making money. You know, it's, I have my own identity outside of all of this. And that's been really helpful in kind of prioritizing the things that are important to me, like spending time with my loved ones, um, cooking a really good meal where I don't have to like jot a million notes about a recipe, just like being in the moment. Like those are things that, that I prioritize over, over anything.
1: And what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned in this process of building a brand that's bigger than yourself?
0: Ooh, oh my God. There's so many lessons, but let me think of the biggest one. I would say resilience. Um, I feel like that's been coming up a lot for me and just kind of resilience and, and like being able to pivot. So I think when you, when you have a brand and especially like you're juggling so many different things, like Things are not going to go your way or you're going to mess up on things or, you know, you, you just have to kind of be resilient and keep at it. And it's like, I think people, they might think, oh, you know, like things are successful overnight and they're, they're not at all. Like if anything out of everybody, I know, like we have been working on food <laughs> have been longer than like any of my like good friends have kind of been working on stuff that, that they're working on. And so it's like, um, so just being kind of resilient and pushing through even when it seems difficult or sometimes even when you're tired, um, of course, like prioritizing that self care. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, that's resilience is going to get you really far. And then, like I said, pivoting, I think is a big lesson learned because, you know, we were doing the videos. And then when, when I moved to California, it's like, okay, like videos aren't going to work. So let's pivot to this. Or, you know, we, we try different things and if it it doesn't work, we don't get too stuck on it. We kind of, we'll try it and give it a good effort or maybe a good few efforts, but then like within, within that we can move on to something else and always reevaluating, like, is this, enjoyable to me like what do i like doing what are some new challenges that i you know want to do and 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 being okay with like the flexibility and the change
1: speaking of that flexibility what is it about nutrition that you know continues to fuel you in this age where there's so much noise there's so many people tell me what to eat and how to exercise on instagram like how do you continue to be motivated and not frustrated
2: yeah. Nutrition is so exciting because the science is always changing. And so we're always on our toes, you know, looking into the newest research that's coming out. And And I think that that's really the great thing about working with a registered dietitian and paying attention to the things that registered dietitians have to say about this stuff, because our job is to look into the research and really be able to communicate it to the public in a way that's very practical and digestible because I think that there is a lot of confusion, partly because a lot of wellness influencers who don't have the credentials to talk about these topics are putting out information based on their own experience or based on like, let's see, the things that they've seen work for other people. But it's really important to take a hard look at the science and then of course, take into account personal experience but but also like really be able to dissect that research and so I think that it's really exciting but of course it's frustrating because like every other second there's a new diet coming out that promises to cure like all of your problems and it's like you guys if if these diets were so if they were so magical why would why would a new one constantly be coming out it's because
1: none of them work you know Mm -hmm. And if you, if you have to be so drastic, then yeah, we could go on and do a whole other episode about that, but <laughs> we exactly. will not. We will not. Yeah. I will just say, <laughs> you guys listen to Food Heaven podcast and it will change your whole world. Okay. So now let's jump into the lightning round. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind, whoever is the representative today. And are you guys ready? Yeah. Is that okay? I think Jess said she's
2: going to do the first three and then I'll do the last yeah. two. Is that
1: okay? Yeah, that's okay. I like that. I like how
0: okay. much you guys okay. have planned this out. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: we try, we try. Cause go, it's like, yes. yeah, you gotta plan it. Cause it could make be, my can life go,
0: easier. Thing. Right. You go real right or real wrong. Anyway. Okay. So I'm ready. <laughs> right. Ready. Okay. Number
1: one, what is a resource that has helped you the most in your business that you can share with the side hustle pro audience?
0: the Habit Nest Morning Sidekick Journal. Do you want me to elaborate? Wow, yes, because that was so specific. (laughs) Yes. It changed my life. Um, <laughs> it's basically a journal that helps you come up with a structured morning routine and be consistent and kind of plan out what you're going to do to set your day up for success, which obviously if you're an entrepreneur, that is going to translate into your business. So I feel like I have been so much more focused, so much more organized and um, efficient and productive using this journal every single morning. It's a and what's it called again? The HEP. The Habit Nest Morning Sidekick oh,
1: Journal. Yeah. I will link to that. All right. Number two, what's been the best business book that you've consumed this year?
0: So I would say I it, it's not a specific business book, but kind of um, Thrive by Ariana Huffington. I love. And the reason I, I like it for business is because she helps mostly working women redefine what's success is um when it comes to just your life your business and your career and how really like wendy was saying success is for me personally success is being able to wake up every day and decide what i'm going to do with that day um and that includes like every day you know for the most part i like to do something active um i like to take breaks i i like to you know um you know, talk to or check in with my loved ones. And so she helps you redefine that by making sure you're taking care of yourself first and foremost and kind of balancing all the things in a way that's sustainable.
1: I like that. I need to read that. So thank you. Okay, number three, who is a black woman entrepreneur that you would want to trade places with for a day and why?
0: Okay, the first person that comes to my mind is just Crystal Rowery, who is, (laughs) yeah, I just, because she's, She's such a creative genius and, um, I, yeah, I would just like to see more about her process for how she comes up with her websites and her graphic design. Uh, yeah, I I would want to be her and also just like, you know, her work, she works with like some amazing clients like Marie Forleo and just kind of like in what capacity she's working with them and how, and just learning some of her creative genius, I would say.
1: All right. Let's transition to the last two. Number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business?
2: I would say sleeping nine eight to nine hours a night. That's been nice. Just having the energy the next day to wake up and really seize the day. It's really important or else it's like, I'm just non-functioning. Okay. Can I ask a sub
1: question to that? What time do you go to bed and what time do you wake up?
2: So I, I'll go to
1: bed now that I'm working from home, I'll go to bed around eleven twelve, and then I'll wake up around eight, nine. Okay. And finally, what is your parting advice, you guys, for fellow women, side hustlers, entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing a steady paycheck?
2: Mm, I would say have a plan A, B, and C, because I think with this whole like boss girl thing, people think that you have to just like, Quit your job and do what you're passionate about full time. And it's really important that you don't end up homeless. So (laughs) just try to have that is very important. (laughs) Try to have a few backup plans in place or even things that you can do in combination with your hustle so that you're paying your bills. Yes,
1: yes. That is always a good note to end on. So, ladies, where can people connect with you after this show?
0: Oh, so we are all over the interweb. So you can go to our website, foodheavenmadeeasy.com and see kind of some of the different programs that we have going and all our content and our recipes. We're also on Instagram. We're at at foodheavenshow, same thing for Twitter. And on Facebook, we're at foodheavenmadeeasy. But I would say the best place to connect with us would be Instagram and then signing up for our um, mailing list when you go to our website, yeah.
1: All right. So thank you so much for being in the guest chair for being my very, I think, one of only three multi-people interviews that I've done.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you so much for having us. This has and
1: been for so all fun. you do. Oh, wait, I, yes. I forgot are. one last thing. I'm oh. so
0: sorry. I forgot that we have a podcast. So if anyone wants to listen to our podcast, it's at it's Food Heaven Podcast. Sorry. Oh, of course. Okay. You know I'm looking to that,
1: guys. So not <laughs> <Thank> without <laughs> without question. All right, guys. There you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash Side Hustle Corner to get my weekly Side Hustle Diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.